Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again. With your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do this. You know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty About get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Why would anyone shit on this? (laughs) Why would... I don't understand I thought when you when you lifted your microphone to your face I was like, oh, he's about to rip us for that (laughs) Oh man that's that's quality right there. That's good <laughs> right? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I love. I will take that from a man who's. Uh, I was watching a lot of your clips today, in the Comedy Central clips, and you were wearing a velvet blazer. And yeah. I got to tell you, you know, I have one, and frankly, if someone doesn't have a velvet blazer, I don't want to be friends with them. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing at this point if you don't have a amen a VB yeah. as we call it in the biz. You know, <laughs> and, a, and you a had velvet boy. And you had a fucking peacock feather, if I'm correct, right? Yeah. In the, God damn, dude. Yeah, that was freshly, freshly hunted peacock. Um, Nick, Nick showed <laughs> off his style. Wow, right yeah. out of the gate. Wow, Nick, yeah. you, you, dude, you, you I mean, you know our guest or what? Yeah, I know. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I wanted to make sure I got that. Uh, I'm your host, Nick Scopes. Welcome to the Mangina Dialogues. This guy's the Gregalicious. He sucks. I'm just kidding. And has velvet. I I would drape myself in velvet if it was politically correct. (laughs) I knew you would. Um, One thing I want to address is I have a new microphone headset. Everyone was making fun of me. I had like that snowball mic and people were like, are you talking into a a fucking, um, what is it? Smoke detector. And I was like, no, it's just like a snowball mic. and Everyone gave me shit. So here it is. Got a headset. So now, now you look like we're at a call center. Yeah. Just, I was like, I put it on. And I was like, I look like a telemarketer. Hello, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's not really that great. I'm going to be honest with you, but whatever. Anyway, our guest today is Alan Strickland Williams, very funny stand-up comic. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. This is good. This is yeah. good shit. So one thing I wanna I wanna just kind of jump into is in in watching your your <laughs> your clips there was two things that struck out to me as incredible like I mean I peed my pants funny on your bit about uh, Florida and all the different uh, things you related to Florida and and Walmart like I was like wow that is that perfect dead on oh thank you um, so what like, where where did you grow up in Florida. I grew up in a town called Orange Park, which is right outside of Jacksonville. So it's in Clay County, which is right next to Duval. So like 904, go Jags, um, all that (laughs) shit. Um, Yeah, it's funny that that joke specifically, I was actually talking about, I didn't even kind of realize it. I'm like, oh, that's just straight up what happened in, in Orange Park. There was like, you know, Walmart's just been everly expanding since, since I can even remember um, growing up and shit. And I remember there was like Walmart first opened and then like it kind of did an upgrade. And then at like seventh grade, junior high age, they put a McDonald's in there. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Like, it's all why would you ever go anywhere else? You know, there's a McDonald's in the and then it's like there's also like a 
people always say that like the best, like the Coke tastes better at McDonald's, but it actually tastes best at the McDonald's in the Walmart. That's where the, <laughs> that's where they, that's where they keep like the sweetest concentration of the, of the syrup or whatever. That, that's where the secret so, yeah. sauce is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Very funny. Cause I have, I have mixed feelings about, about Florida, um, depending on where you go in Florida and what totally, type, totally. What type of people are there. And, I, I actually have not really spent much time in northern Florida, but um, I've spent a lot of time in, in, in and around Orlando and then, of course, South Florida. And sure. just such extremes of, of the people. Like, it's wild. I mean, it's basically like four or five different states sort of all together based on like where you're at. Yeah. Um, and then throw on top of that, it's fucking hot as hell. Yeah. And I like, I just always think that heat makes people like crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, and then also there's hurricane season every year. It's just like, it's true. I think there's like, um, I remember like researching one time, like about like, you know, the first people, you know, like when like the first people that came to America were like Jesuits and stuff like that. It was like one of the first, like maybe from Ponce de Leon or one of those first like early explorations, like one of the journal entries was just like, Florida is filled with mosquitoes. No one should ever come here. And it's like, yeah, that's pretty much still, <laughs> that's Florida. Still the same. <laughs> yeah, it, that's like, wild, as a, man. I, go ahead, Nick. No, I was just going to say, like, I've been to Miami like a handful of times in my life. That's a place I've visited quite a bit. And I literally was, you know, you're in the ocean. I'm with my buddy and we were just, you know, you're walking around and my, and my buddy just turns to me and goes, I can't believe this is still America. <laughs> Like this is still the same country like that. We like, we came from Connecticut, the Northeast. And we're like, this is in the same country. <laughs> we were yeah. like, my, it's like my, it's another uh, world. Uh, Miami gets kind of a crazy rap too, but I, I really like Miami. Miami's the only place you can go have a really nice meal and then like play bingo in a fancy hotel, do a ton of drugs and then go out to the Everglades and have a beer like next to an alligator, which is like what, <laughs> My, my friend and I did one night. So it's just like, it, it's Florida is definitely like, a, it's crazy. And the older I get and the further I get away from it, the more I'm kind of like, okay. But growing up there was just like, so I was like, this is fucking, I was like, wait, the hurricanes come every year and we're just, we just still live here. Like what's going on? <laughs> so why don't you leave? <laughs> start doing stand up in Florida and you started stand up. No, I started, I started in LA. Oh, you did. Cause I was kind of, yeah, I... have you done stand up in like Orlando? Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever done in Orlando. I've done Fort Myers. I've done um, Jacksonville and areas around Jacksonville. I want to say that maybe I did one show around Orlando or somewhere in there, but um, it was weird when I, I wasn't really interested in comedy growing up. And then even when I would like kind of start to do it out here and maybe I'd like be back home for a holiday or something there was no scene yet in Jacksonville. Like right. there was nothing going on. There was like a, I think there was a comedy zone and there might, well, there's probably not anymore, but um, they like, I even would call and be like, what's the like open mic situation. They're like, Oh, we don't have one. I'm like, Oh, okay. So it's not, it's like just for touring right. people to come through. Um, and then it was like, you know, when there was that kind of crazy, I don't know if you'd really call it a comedy boom, but like when sort of like podcasts really started taking over, then there really was like a little like sort of scene you could go back to and do a couple shows, which were fun. But um, 
but yeah, there's like there's what there's this really funny guy named Chris Buck in Jacksonville who's great, um, and he runs some shows. But besides that, it's just pretty low key. There's just right. pretty much it's just yeah. not like here. I was just curious about Orlando because I you know I've gone to Orlando mainly on business for business reasons over the course uh-huh. of a bunch of years, and I went to Orlando business. Yeah, well, I don't know what business it is doing in Orlando, but I went for <laughs> WrestleMania like three years ago. Uh, okay, yeah. WWE. And I, I don't think you could pick a more interesting weekend to see the depths of American culture in any one place. <laughs> the, <laughs> shallows, any, uh, the shallows of American culture. <laughs> anywhere in the world besides Orlando, like probably the biggest tourist destination in the country, and yeah. then put on top of it, the world wrestling entertainment biggest event of the year in That's great. Orlando. It was insane. Like you couldn't get into a buffet. Like I can't imagine what they went through in, in just sheer food that week. So funny. I mean, it was in, like everywhere you the look. Shrimp. Around, Can you imagine the shrimp? Oh my God. How much, like how many shrimp? <laughs> how many shrimp? The crab's legs. <laughs> like uh, the line. Oh I mean, it, I don't. I can't. I just don't understand. Like it was crazy, and I'm like, I don't know how people like live here year round unless they work the tourist business and that's their life. Like it's just yeah. like a very weird place to like make your roots and you know yeah. deal with. I guess unless you're in you know the tourist business. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just curious. My my. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's a weird place, man. <laughs> it's. <laughs> no it's like uh, it's so funny there's like just a picture that went around the internet of like a huge ass alligator um that was in florida somewhere i think it right. was maybe in naples um and i was like oh yeah i mean i remember one time when there's just an alligator in the street and it was just like yeah there's just an alligator in the street <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> it's like you're living in jurassic park or some shit it's yeah, crazy. Right. You're like, yeah, this is what happens here. It's completely normal. Oh, yeah, that's the mayor. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just drive your golf cart right by. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. <laughs> so what prompted what prompted the move to LA to like start to do comedy? What was like, okay, I want to go do this? Well, I really was interested in, in writing and I still am. And I sort of like I thought I would wind up in New York City. Um and I did. I, 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 you know, I moved there. I spent a summer there and I just didn't really like it. And then I was just like, I was in college. So I was like doing internships and shit. And then I was like, okay, well, I didn't really like the New York thing. And then a thing came up in, in LA and I did it. And I just loved LA. Like, like immediately, like two days in, I was just like, oh, I could just sort of like live here probably forever. Um, and so I just was like, I got really, really lucky and really fortunate where, um, I graduated and I hit up the people that I interned with and they were like, oh, we actually have like a short term thing. And I was like, I'll take anything just to like, get me out here. And, um, I moved out here in like June of 2008 and I've been here ever since. What was that first job? Uh, it was really weird. It was like I worked at NBC. I worked in this weird department um, and I, I did promo scheduling. So literally like I sat at a computer all day and like I did some quality control stuff, which is like you watch to make sure like there aren't any like weird artifacts in the screen or like cuss words don't get through or shit. 
Um, I did some of that. And then you do promo scheduling, which literally was like looking at like holes on the screen and like dragging and dropping stuff into the other window. And I was like, a computer could do this job. And sure enough, like <laughs> three months later, they're like, yeah, we're shutting everything down and moving it to the East Coast so a computer can do it. And so then I like, so I had like, it was really kind of weird because I moved in here with like actually like a, a real, real job. Like what, like, and then I lost it and I didn't have any, I didn't know anyone or, and you know, I really got lucky with that job out here. And because I was at NBC, someone was like, oh, you should do the page program. And that's like, you do yeah. like tours and you see like the audience with tonight show. And you know, there's like on 30 rock, there's the page. Um, and I did that. And then that kind of like, that was what kind of also allowed me to be like, okay, now I can like actually stay here. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what brought me out. And then eventually it wasn't even like I started doing standup immediately. I think I did start doing standup like real, like it's kind of weird. I actually got a job um, <clears throat> at NBC's digital department. I was so bad at it because it was like by coastal. So it was like, they wanted me to like get there at like basically like seven or six, like our time right. to work East coast. And then my other boss was a super like night owl. So I was just like working all the time. And I was just like, oh, this isn't a less. I got fired or I got laid off or whatever. And I went home thinking that I was going to like um, fail, give up, move back to Florida, work for my dad, whatever, figure something out. Um, be a substitute teacher or whatever the fuck and like i went and like i was at tsa and i gave the guy my id and he was like oh alan strickland williams and i was like yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> and he was like he just looked at me and he was like squeeze the dream for all it's worth because no one's going to squeeze it for you and i was like okay and then i just kind of thought about that like my whole like like trip home and then i came back and like i'm like well i'm fired i'm on unemployment yeah now's the time to do it and that's when i really started doing stand-up like all the right. fucking time um which i think is a pretty common story like you're like a lot of people start when like everything's really fucking bad in their life um but um <laughs> but yeah and then and then i you know i i really got sort of lucky with um you know, some timing things early on in, in my career. And um, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like, we, I mean, you guys know with fucking comedy, it's like, you love it and you hated it. And it's like, yep. this whole thing has been kind of crazy. Cause it's like, I feel like I've just reached the point where I'm like, Ooh, I, it almost feels like I'm starting over. Like whatever, like, like I haven't really been able to do any outdoor shit or anything. I'm like, Oh, like I've, I've been like writing in my, I've been like writing jokes in a way that like I've never haven't done in a long ass time. Probably not any good. There's probably like one, you know, my, my success rate is like a whopping like 9% of like everything I ever fucking try something like that. So like there's maybe like one minute of something good in there, but it has been a little fun. Like, and even like getting asked to the podcast, I appreciate you guys asking me because I was kind of like, Oh yeah, that would be fun to do right now. I feel like it's like, I don't know about you guys, but I've been pretty like not really doing much shit this whole right. time. So you haven't done yeah, a lot been, of shows at all? No, I mean, I've done like a handful of online ones, right? like maybe three. Um, 
but they're just so weird, man. Yeah. It's just not the same, you know? And then, and even the outdoor stuff, well, yeah, I haven't been asked, but even that, I'm just like, I don't know. I love like, and I'm not even a super big, like crowd work, get into the crowd like guy or anything, but there is something about it. That's just like having the masks and stuff. I'm just like, it's just, I'm like thinking about it. It's distracting me. I don't know. Right. But you know, everyone's different. It's no, it's weird, dude. I mean, I haven't been doing for comedy for as long as you, I'm probably in a little over, well, if you minus Corona, it's probably less, but Oh yeah. Years. That's the nice thing. We all get to take like a year off of our, uh, <laughs> our thing now though. So and literally I lost like five months really. Yeah. And then, uh, but I was doing some shows for, um, state of New York and central park. Oh, cool. And they're fun. It's cool. But also yeah. like it's New York city and it's outdoors. There's a million people right. around like, like there were birthday party. Just, uh, yeah. There's, there's literally, we're underneath this tree doing a show for like 30 people who are there for the show, mm-hmm. dedicated, bought tickets, doing the show. Then to the right of you, there's a children's birthday party. <laughs> well, and it's so fucking funny too, because now everyone's like, God, I'm dying to do an outdoor show. And I'm like, what was the type of shows that we always complained about before? <laughs> the worst thing you could ever do was like a daytime outdoor yeah. show, like always. And now we're like, Please, God, <laughs> like <let> us, um, <laughs> anything. At, at one point, there was a, uh, and Greg was at this show with me. Uh, a person who's pretty well known, like been on Conan, Fal, and all that stuff in the uh-huh. city, was doing uh, her set. And about, I would say, like sixty yards behind us was this. I don't even know if it was a man or a woman doing it was a woman. It was a woman. It was a woman. Yeah. To a striptease, like blasting <laughs> Usher and like just slowly taking off articles of clothing and at one point ripped her shirt off and just had pasties on her nipples. <laughs> this was like 60 yards directly and wearing neon. You like can't burlesque. Miss the shit. Yeah. You can't miss it. it. And it was, we were like, oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. It was, uh, and the thing is, you, you knew it was coming too because you heard like, and, you know, it really, it kind of sucked for our friend who was doing her set at the time. And this, all of a sudden you yeah. just hear this like obnoxious hip hop music coming from very close. And you turn around, you're like looking at it. And I'm like, that girl's definitely taking her clothes off. Give it two <laughs> minutes. And that neon outfit and lace is coming off, guaranteed. And it. within two minutes, it's off. She's in a thong. Like, I think there was a thong wedged between her ass cheeks. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. And then yeah. pasties. And... Literally, your line of nothing good happens during the day. Nothing good. <laughs> during that, that, like, like it was, that couldn't have been the more perfect descriptive for what was going on at that moment. It, it was insane. And I'm like, yeah, that shows in the park. If it's not a kid's birthday, it's that's. Yeah, you're like, you're not dealing with hecklers. You're dealing with other shows in yeah. the background. It's like, and that's what's the thing with comedy? I think like the, the guys that wrote Airplane, the this is like the Zucker brothers. Um, they like have all these rules of comedy and it's like, you can't be funny in the foreground and the background at the same time. Like you got to Like you need like some, some, some timing there. So yeah, that's really fucking funny. There's another, only in New York. You know? yeah, only I mean, <laughs> we did an outdoor show. Um, well, I, I did the Connecticut comedy festival here at Fairfield comedy club and that was outdoors as well. And 
the, the one thing too is right. You know, we're comedians, right? You like to be on stage. You want, you want to hear the laughs, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. When you're in central park or in big outdoor field, like you hear them laughing, but like, you're not sure how you're doing really. Yeah. But, like, like uh, Greg was at my, my, um, Connecticut comedy festival set. It's outdoors and it, doing my thing and i got off stage he was like that was really good man and i was like i can't tell yeah like, it's like it's not an intimate comedy club. it's outdoors everyone's very spread apart and i'm like did i do i heard them laugh but like it wasn't as loud as i'm used to i don't know you like get in your own head about what's happening it's totally. just it's strange yeah now one of the things i wanted to ask you is he brought up the daytime bit which was very clever and well done thank you thank um, you Loved it. So, you know, you made a reference about, you know, 9-11 in the bit, which I thought was really uh-huh. funny. <laughs> that was great. And, you know, I always ask when comics can make something dark like that really funny, I always ask them. Like, it, it's pro- it usually comes down to experience. You're more experienced than I am. But how do you make stuff like that funny? You know what you I know, mean? You it, know, it, it depends. It's all, you know, there are a lot of people that would – say that it's not funny even though like you know it, it got a pretty good reaction when i did it on tv or whatever um it got a really usually, good reaction and, and usually when i do it like you know it the way that that one specifically works i think why you can kind of get away with it is that it's like it's such an outrageous it's so outrageous to be like oh we have to go to school you know like i have to ruin the or quote my own bit or whatever but right. like you know like it, you know, like as that being the third thing, like that's just so over the top. But then, like the dumb like wordplay or number yeah. like game with that, it's just like um, it, and it's so funny too because that joke used to kind of end there, and then I was like, oh, it needs to like there needs to be more to it because it that like the first part of that joke basically was a conversation I had with my friend and really funny comic Dave Ross, uh, who he was like, literally he was talking, like I said that I was like, oh, I had to wake up really early today. And he was like, Oh, but you probably got a lot done. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, well, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> or like whatever. Um, and like, kind of like some of those things were like, you know, verbatim. And then, and then I was like, Oh, that's like, kind of like, let me like, and I think that might have even been something that sort of happened in the moment where I just sort of like came out like that. And I was like, oh, talking about the moon and the sun as being like nerds or cool. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's how you do it. Right. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think you just kind of got to go for it. 9-11 is almost even like a hack thing to like, it, you know, not only is it like dark, it's also kind of hack. Like there, you know, a lot of people like, you know, we love our 9-11 jokes or whatever, but like, I don't know. I think it's just, I try, you know, I, when I first started, I tried to, only, I was really trying to be like Jezelnik, yeah. like offensive, <laughs> abortion, you know, whatever, like all the hot button issues. And the, the more I got into it, the more I'm like, well, it seems that unless you are someone like him who can truly do it nonstop, the best fucking shit every time, I can't do that. But I can get like one or two in throughout a set. And I feel like if you kind of pepper it in, it's just enough to like, you know, sort of like rattle the crowd and like be like, you know, whatever. Right. Um, And, and, you know, you're not trying to like, you know, you're not trying to be a bummer. You are a comedian or whatever. But I I do. I mean, 
I don't know. I'm pretty, I can be, we're also, comics are just always more cynical than, you know, more, most people. So even though we're, we're also, I think, a little bit more fun than funny than most people, obviously. But um, I, I just think, I just think it's so funny to just be like, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, Dude, I, I throw out, I throw out my mom, my mom passed away when I was a kid. I throw oh, okay. out mom jokes all the time. Yeah, like, even for if sure. friends like my friend, I have a, my roommate who I live with. He's his family lives around here, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going home. Like, mom's making dinner for the family." I was like, "Oh, it's cool. You have a family and a mom." Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll just be like, "God damn it! What do you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what's it's, wrong it's also good you? too because it's like no one can say anything. Like yeah. you, you like unless they're and then like you know like one of you know sad one of my friends actually took his own life earlier this earlier in the pandemic and he was a comic really funny comic and Sorry crazy. About that, man. yeah yeah no it's okay i mean but we <laughs> you know the group thread of you know our form our current his former friend group whatever you want to say i mean just right away roasting yeah. like roasting right. him like like and i and like the only thing is like i said is like wish she'd be around to see this he would love all these fucking jokes you know yeah. so it's just that's one way we deal with that shit too, I guess. But, um, but yeah, well, and Hey, I'm sorry about your mom. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I was going yeah. to ask you if you were, if you were influenced at all by Anthony, because when I, so you said it, it instantly, like I put, I put you and, and him together, Mo, you know, mostly in your delivery. It just reminded me of, of, of seeing him. And when one night I, w- I was at the comedy store and he was doing a set, you know, 15 minutes and it was really awesome to watch him work out some of that material that clearly yeah. you know, he pulled out a notebook, literally had his notebook and pages on stage. And he was like reading off of them. And, you know, it was just fun watching him work through some of these jokes that were definitely, you know, works in progress that just did mm-hmm. not work. And he was like, nope that one didn't work or you know, he was like, yeah. Oh, there's a, that bit there about that person jumping off a building that works it is just really cool to watch him work. Some of that, you know, darker material out in real time on stage like that. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool to see how that process worked with him. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, cause those doing those types of jokes are all risks, you know, and obviously if you're going to do them on a special or in a half hour, 45 minute hour set, you, <laughs> you need to see where those darker things, you know, the bottom falls out maybe. Totally. You know? And exactly how far you can take them. And, yeah. you know, he, he's really impressive. I mean, he's just such a, like, you know, like not only is he really good at what he does, he's like a very hard worker. Like, I think I heard something about how like basically he'll just like, go to a cabin and just like write like for like a weekend or a week or something. And then just like for the next couple of months, just like systematically methodically run down the jokes and see what he can do with them. Like, you know, take them on stage like that. And that is where you're like, Oh yeah, this really is like, you know, it's so funny. Comedy's like, you know, I started it probably at one of the lower, lower points of my life. No real goal beyond doing it and getting fucked up and having a good time doing that um and i did that and (laughs) it's like after a while you're like oh wait now i gotta like write more stuff and like show up on time and like get my life together i mean some people never really do have to which you know they're really lucky i guess but um it, it is sort of like 
oh fuck it's like it's a lot of work and and that's sort of the and i think probably everyone complains about that i'm just like you know uh, people think we like roll out of bed and like walk on stage and it's just like coming out of our mouths and some people are like that some people really are but but um yeah i'm not i'm like i'm like fuck i gotta like sit down and write and it's like yeah gotta do my fucking homework and it's like you know dick jokes or whatever but (laughs) make sure make sure everything flows and like one thing goes into the other and all that yeah because those are the things you don't think about i mean you know you shouldn't be thinking about those things if you're like having a really good time at a comedy show you know you should just be laughing and then focusing on the story or the bit or, or the joke or whatever so um so doing all that you know and then like you do get these opportunities to do longer sets and like you know a longer set in a club versus a longer set for something you know on tv or whatever it's like even those are different you gotta like learn all the little like things to you know riding around the check drop or like doing the crowd work at a certain time you know like you gotta do you it's the type of thing too i'm like oh fuck we're all just gonna be so bad when uh when (laughs) when the floodgates open again after like there's a vaccine or whatever i'm like it's we're all going to be going back to school. It's going to be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like no one's going to know. No one's going to know how to be an odd. People are going to be so amped and so fucking like horny for comedy. <laughs> and we're all going to be like, Oh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> <Yeah. Hey." laughs> a lot of cherry popping again. Yeah. They're just, they're just going to be pumped about like being out with other humans and being able to like drink with their friends and like go to a public <laughs> place. Like yeah, they're going like, to be so amped up. They don't even know what good to do anymore. But so tell you have a half a new half hour special coming out you, you i have a half hour on um i did a half hour last year for comedy central right. and they are you know fucking there's like what five companies now there's like viacom was bought by cb or or viacom merged with something else anyway yeah. They put all the specials now are on CBS All Access. CBS All And there's like, you can do a free, I think if you use promo code Turkey, you get a free month or something like that. So if you want to check out that shit, um, I think you can just search for me on there and you can see it um, for a month or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's not much going on, but that did just happen. So that's awesome. And then are you, you're still doing your podcast? Yeah, I do a podcast called The Male Gaze. Um, we release it every Monday, um, wherever. And it's just me and three friends. And we, uh, Steve Fernandez, Brody Reed, and um, Zeg Kutzinger. And we just sort of, we try not to be straight up a news podcast, but we kind of turned into one where we really do just sort of like pick three or four stories and talk about it. Um, and so, you know, it's you know our our slogan is finally a podcast for men yeah so great you know you can uh you can check that out um and we you know we try to like we try to we try to be like we try to talk about like things that normally you don't cover and from different angles and stuff so anyway that's cool um in one of the last things i want to ask you about is that the show you did cooking on high yeah right so (laughs) you know about that show no, oh, I uh, no, I don't. It's it's what you think. I mean, it is what it sounds like. So, so you go ahead talk about it. So the funny story about that is, um, you know, you do all these weird. You know, I for a long time I didn't have um, like 
I always worked in offices and then like, you know, I was in a position where I didn't have to work for a while. And then I, and then you do again. And then I'm like, fuck, I have like such a big gap in my resume. So then you start just doing whatever you can. And that was a job that I wasn't supposed to be on it. I was a, um, there's a word for like a standby or stand right. in or something. And my friend, this really funny guy, Brad um, Solnitzer, who ran a really great show called Brouhaha for a long time, this like drinking game show. He also was like, would like help produce things. And he um, was uh, producing this show, it was Cooking on High, which is you, it's a, it's a cooking judging show where every food has weed in it. Yep. It's like all like weed infused. <laughs> and so it's like weed chefs. So it's like they're gourmet, like really good chefs. Um, and I went and I was just supposed to be there for a day and get, I think like you get paid like a hundred bucks just to be there. And sure enough, I think literally the person that was supposed to be there was too high. So couldn't do it. And they were like, okay, well, I guess you're going to be on this. And I was like, okay, great. And then it was, it was obviously really fun. And like, I did get pretty high, like it was crazy. But um, the other funny thing about it was, A, I wasn't supposed to be on it. Then it wasn't supposed to be anything. It, it apparently like we got word like a couple of months later that whatever was making it got shut down. And then kind of even like the CBS Alexis thing, like just out of nowhere, they're like, oh no, we actually sold it to Netflix and it's out right now. And it's just <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck? And so that's like really funny because that's something that people have seen like that's a weird thing where people from like high school have been like, is this out? Like they'll like, they like saw that cause Netflix pushed it really hard right. when it was out. So that's the type of thing where I'm like, I wasn't supposed to be in it. Right. It wasn't supposed to come out. <laughs> and yet it's something that like seemed to like really make it or not make a difference, but like, you know, people like latched onto it cause it's so ridiculous. So how much pot did you actually eat during the tape you know, of the show? <laughs> It's hard to tell because it was pretty, I think in every case they like infused it into the butter or the right. oil. And so like the thing that I think what happened was the butter weed was in this, like the, I had like a really like heavy Mac and cheese. Yep. And I also was just hungry too. So I ate a ton of that. <laughs> so that just like straight up got me high. And like, I was so high that, I mean, obviously if you watch the thing, uh, I'm pretty, you can kind of tell I'm pretty high in the interview section, but um, they like, you know, it was like, because you might get really high. They're like, you don't drive. They sent a car to pick you up and they give you a car to go back in um, like a lift or whatever. And I was so high. Um, the car that picked me up to come back home was a Tesla. And like, I'd never been in a Tesla before. And like, it like it parks and it sort of like lowers a little bit and then like and then there's and i like was like ah and then there's like the way that you open the door like there's no handle and then like a handle like pops out sort of like pops out yeah. and i was just like it felt like i was like going into alien or something and i was and, and like i was just like oh wow have i been high this long you know uh, is it the future um, but yeah, that was fucking, that, that was just such a funny, like happy accident that that whole right. thing happened. That's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a fun <laughs> that, was, 
<laughs> as someone who's high. been too high, like that would freak me out. So <laughs> I, no- I, I had a lot of experience by that point. And, uh, <laughs> but still, I'd never seen a Tesla. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like after dude, eating a I'm pound like, of weed mac and cheese <laughs> yeah like i need a normal like give me a tercel or like something i can just fucking like something i know, you know? that's the takeaway from this podcast if you get high don't get in a tesla yeah no gonna, it's too much it is too much it is it is anyway man thanks a lot for hanging out with us dude thank you guys for having me this was really fun yeah, yeah good luck with with the uh uh, CBS All Access stuff too in the podcasts, and all your velvet blazers too. Yeah. Love it. Keep Love it. Velvet. Stay hot, Alan. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Amen. Thank you.